Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Dave Neal here, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News. It is hump day, March 29th, 2023, and we got a lot of Bachelor content to get to on today's Bachelor Rush Hour. Oh yeah, we got some head-banging music because we're banging our heads trying to sift through all of this content for you today. A rainy day here in Southern California, and we are flooded with podcast interviews now that Zach has chosen, at least publicly, his uh, bride-to-be, Katie uh, Bigger. We have so much to discuss. I'm going to play several clips from their interview on Chicks in the Office podcast, plus I go on an epic rant at the end. I'm going to save that for the second half of the podcast because I don't want to give it all away right now, folks. We're just warming up. And some information just came out on televisionstats.com that says The Bachelor was the number one most popular show online in the last couple days. That's right. They have listed Bachelor as number one as most searched. Number 21, fastest growing on Reddit and fastest growing on Twitter, along with number 15, most visited Wikipedia. What does this mean? Well, it means the show's not going anywhere anytime soon. (laughs) That's right. Uh, After yesterday's announcement that the creator, Mike Fleiss, which, by the way, I didn't realize was... Related to Madame Fleiss, the uh, the Madame of all the celebrities in L.A. But hey, it's a small world out here in Hollywood land. And uh, Mike Fleiss left and everyone said, oh, will this change things for The Bachelor? No, The Bachelor is going to continue to do what The Bachelor does. We'll discuss a little mental health on this episode, along with, um, you know, Zach defending himself, blaming the edit. Will he get sued? like Blake Horseman was. We're going to find out. Today's episode of Bachelor Rush Hour is sponsored by Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you. Bring more flavor to your table this spring with Green Chef's wholesome elevated recipes featuring seasonal organic produce and unique farm fresh ingredients. If you know me, and I think you do, I like a good seasonal produce. I'm not, I don't like eating the same old rhubarb. If you want to throw in some fresh ginger, maybe some turmeric, I don't know, whatever. You know, the type of thing I normally don't buy. I'm always like, I don't need a bushel of basil. But when you order from Green Chef, you get just enough for that recipe. I'm going to be doing the keto meal kit. And by the way, my a new kit is supposed to arrive today or tomorrow. I'm literally going to be waiting by the door for it because I can't wait to see what they provided me. Low carb, high fat is what keeps my brain fueled without the crash. You can also choose your own flavor. They've got vegan, vegetarian, fast, uh, and fit, Mediterranean. Whatever tickles your tummy, go to greenchef.com slash rushhour60 and use code rushhour60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. The number one meal kit for eating well, and we are going to be eating well with the content. You like these stupid little transitions that I have here with all the content that we have regarding Zach and uh, his sort of, um, uh, you know, new information that he can finally reveal following his engagement to Katie. Here is uh, Rhea from Chicks in the Office podcast directly apologizing to Zach and Katie for completely botching her uh, spoiler. Of course, she had a spoiler that Zach was going to dump Katie and uh, go back with Jess. And here's what Rhea has to say. Hey, Katie. Hey, Zach. It's Rhea. I just want to say congratulations on your engagement. I wish I could be there in person, but unfortunately, I woke up with a freaking fever after mm. yeah. night, and then we were joking around What's about it, and then I actually woke up with a fever. So that's really unfortunate, but that's besides the point. Um, I just want to say congrats, number one, and number two. 
I want to say I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so they accept her apology for completely botching the spoiler. But here's what's interesting to me is we're getting a lot of people criticizing Zach for the way he still had sex with Gabby, even though he really loved Katie. Well, he tells us right here, and you can hear it in his voice, he tells us that, you know, the edit wasn't exactly what happened. What is unfortunate now is you have to deal with him having to talk about everybody else because all right. it all has happened at the end. So, of course, um, you had to break up with Gabby at mm-hmm. the end there. And people have a lot of strong feelings about it mm-hmm. because, you know, Gabby did say to you, if you did know, you could have done this before and let could have let me know. Mm-hmm. Why did you not do that? Yeah, good question. So when I had that last chance date with her when i left that date i didn't know Mm -hmm. i didn't know how it was gonna go my heart was being pulled and my mind was racing and then i saw katie so on the show it's a different order but i saw katie that's That's all we need to hear is that on the show it's a different order and again we'll get to the blake horseman content in a minute regarding is he allowed to say this you know these are the trade secrets that that we all know exist But, you know, even though we know they exist, we still watch the show as kind of idiots. And we're like, well, he just told her he loved her. Now what he's doing? You know, it's like we've never been in these types of polygamy situations for the most part. Maybe you have. I don't know. But I haven't, especially not on live TV. And we don't know how we would compartmentalize and disassociate and do all the things that your body kind of forces you to do just to get through it all. Now, Also interesting is that Zach, there's been some conspiracies that Zach must have known Katie before going into filming because they're from the same town. Now, if you watch my video on YouTube, you'll literally see me cracking up when I listen to this because I've been talking about this for a few days, how funny it is that you can you can tell like Zach's not he's not an actor he's a human right and he's not good at acting and you can tell but he's trying his best and we give him credit for that you can tell when he's trying to push a sort of um some information that the publicist tells him to do so the publicist I'm like and I'm just guessing this they don't want to just say oh Zach lives a block away from Katie right they don't want to say that so they go oh He's going to be moving back to Texas. He's going to pack up his bags and leave California, which is all true because his family's in Orange County, but he lives in Austin and they didn't really want that to be public. But um, the good friends over here at Chicks in the Office sort of called that out in a friendly way. And then he's for, uh, forced to further elaborate. Have a listen. You know, just icing on the cake that you just so happen to be from the same city. Yeah, that's here. Wild. <laughs> so many people are like, oh, they could have just met yeah, people, on like, yeah, yeah. I saw Kinder, there's Kinder some, or whatever. some memes that were like, like we watched this whole season, they could have just met yeah. Yeah. Funny, we we laugh about so it though true. too. We could have been like at a bar and just been like locked eyes. Austin is a big city. Like that, it would have yeah. saved us a lot of. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Austin is a big city. It's just like I don't. There's plenty of people in New York. I'm never gonna meet my, yeah, my entire life. <laughs> how so. far? How far currently do you guys live away from each other? Like how you know. So, well, my old place, so when I was filming The Bachelor, sure. Bachelorette, yeah. I had all my stuff back in California. That's where most yeah, of my yeah, family yeah. is. So, um, you see, he has to include that. I don't blame him. Publicist orders. Where I was from your original place, mm. maybe two miles away. But like, there's <laughs> so crazy. Not wild. Yeah. Like, crazy. And I, two miles in it, two miles in a city is not that close. Like, if you live two miles away from someone in New York City, they're not even going to want to date you. You could you could be on 96 in Broadway, and they live on 96 in Second Avenue, and they're like, I'm not crossing uh, Central Park for a booty call. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I got I got old jokes about that where I was like, Oh, I lived on the West Side, and I was in a long distance relationship, and I was like, Oh yeah, anyone else been been in one before? Yeah. 
oh yeah yeah where did she live on the east side and it's like you want to meet halfway in a relationship so we just went to central park uh but that's uh that's that you know so in a city two miles doesn't really mean much if they live two miles away from each other in like i don't know some rural town in virginia that would be a different story but either way they had to go all the way to la and then thailand to find love and maybe this is a little symbolic for all of us out there maybe your partner is closer than you think you know my wife's parents actually grew up on the same street together and that's the way it used to be it used to be you just kind of found somebody who lived near you and now i think we overcomplicate things i've been talking about this in stand-up i'm trying to work on this joke i shared it with you guys this joke about contouring it's all about the jokes about ghosting right and um i've shared it on my instagram in fact should i share it for you guys right now i'll just share a quick uh and again this was 100 percent crowd work so this wasn't a planned joke but what i'm trying to do now is maybe take the crowd work and turn it into a bit and i of course make fun of women but i also make fun of men if you listen to the full joke someone called me misogynist for making this joke but it's like i make fun of men too the idea is is that ghosting exists because we we put on too much makeup and this is a joke that was 100 percent um off the cuff but you know it's in front of an all-female audience have a listen. Why is dating on the apps getting more difficult? I'll tell you why, ladies. You want to know? You fucking contour the shit out of your faces, okay? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing with your faces? I watched a Get Ready With Me on... I didn't even know what a Get Ready With Me on TikTok was. This chick, I was like, she's like, Get Ready With Me. I was like, are you a performer in The Lion King on Broadway? Her nose is white. She just looked like Jigsaw from... You know what I mean? And then she just like took a sponge, and next thing you know, she's J-Lo. Like, what the fuck is that? I don't know why he wouldn't call me back. I'll tell you why. The rain hit you, and you saw a different woman. I don't know. I was complaining to my wife about contouring the other day. And she goes, you know what you guys have? Facial hair. That's the male contouring. I don't have a chin, but we can just make it look a certain way. The other way of male contouring is shaving down to the you know, bone of our dick. That's the... <laughs> weird things on your face and we just shave to make our dick look a little bit bigger. If you see a guy with a, like a waxed crop circle on the base of his dick, that's contouring for the guy. So. Alright, all that to say, ghosting's an epidemic out there but you can't be ghosted on now that you're a public figure like uh, Katie and Zach and of course they could have met They could have met on Hinge, they could have met on Bachelor but either way, uh, maybe, maybe someone you love is closer than you think. I always tell people, go to a bar that you would want to go on a date. You know, go somewhere. If you're single, I, I my advice to, to people, and I know for all the introverts this sucks, but if you're single, go find a bar that you would want to be taken on a date to and just hang out there and, and, you know, during happy hour and more social times. And then maybe you'll find a guy that also enjoys that type of bar, that type of same environment. You know, maybe if it's at 2am, you're going to get the wrong type of guy. Maybe he needs to be at happy hour. I don't know. And people might say, oh, but he's not there right away. Well, maybe you got to go three times a week for two hours. Like make your, you know what I mean? Like get out there, men and women, Get out there and at least be on the playing field for serendipity to happen. Or I guess at the very least, you go on The Bachelor. If anyone wants other dating tips, let me know. I'll come at you, folks. All right. So we've got, uh, and by the way, uh, Katie uh, Bigger this morning already forgot her ring. Here's her Instagram story. Uh, I forgot my engagement ring. Did you get it? Fuck. Got it. All right, so she forgot a ring. She had to make Zach run back up to the hotel room. He's got it in the pocket. Hey, couples, they're just like us. Now, 
We're going to get into uh, very quickly Gabby's apology. I'm sorry, not Gabby's. She has nothing to apologize for. Gabby's statement. We're going to get into that in a second. But I do want to say on behalf of uh, a couple's advice, if I could give some to Zach and Katie, you know, now that you're in a relationship, you might be watching a lot of Netflix and hanging out at home. I got to tell you, what you need to do is microdose some gummies. And today's Bachelor Rush Hour podcast is sponsored by Microdose Gummies, incredible entry-level dose of THC that helps you feel just the right amount of good. I know, Katie. Or Zach, you might be worried about getting too high. Excuse me. It's not about getting smashed. It's about just relaxing after the end of a hard day. Microdosing helps curb my anxiety and keeps me my creative mind feeling relaxed all day long. You guys know I come home late from stand-up shows. I need a good night's sleep so I can come back and make bachelor content for you in the morning. I do that with a little microdosing the gummies. Microdose is available nationwide. And to learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code RUSHHOUR to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. But again, that's microdose.com code rush hour. I know a lot of you guys have already uh, contributed to the purchase of gummies at at uh, microdose.com. Let me know what you guys think. I love that we're being sponsored by an edible company and also a healthy food company. What a great combination we have here. All right. So here's what Gabby had to say. Her first statement. She said, thank you to everyone who has reached out to me. I am so beyond grateful for the love and support I've received. Every message does not go unnoticed and I am trying my best to respond. And here is a very thoughtful um, uh, clip from Claire and Emma Pod and why they think we're all, we should, we sh- you know, because we're all criticizing Zach, right? And this is them saying, we really should be criticizing the production. Have a listen. During this conversation, she brings it up again. I think part of her anger, which again, always kind of has to be left unsaid, is at the show and is at the way that the show presented her final moments with Zach as only centered around this act of physical intimacy and none of the depth of what that relationship actually was. And I would imagine that that contributed to the violation that she felt. Now, in the end, and of course, great work by Claire and Emma Pod, but in the end, Zach's responsible for outing what they did in the fantasy suite room, of course. Uh, But the show's responsible for editing it all together, pouring gasoline on it, not giving the right time and energy to discuss it. They are responsible. And speaking about production being responsible, we've got Blake Horseman, as I've mentioned before, being sued for $175,000 I make the argument that it is that it was worth the money spent because he uh, regained control of his destiny by sharing counter evidence as to what the show presented. They labeled him as a certain way through their edit, and he provided screen grabs and proof that that's not who he was. I'm going to share a couple of clips from him defending himself back in the day. We don't have a statement from him yet, and I don't expect we'll receive one regarding the lawsuit, but it just goes to show that he was backed against the wall, and he had to pay the price financially just to save his reputation and then the conversation of course goes a little darker because we have some more social topics to discuss namely mental health not just how we uh, look at mental health on the tv show the bachelor but what we're going to do in our country to solve uh, some big issues that exist out there I'm going to play a quick clip for you guys of Blake Horseman defending himself. The very quick Sparknotes version of the story is that he was accused um, in being, quite quite frankly, soft Me Too during the height of the Me Too era. He was being accused of sexually manipulating Kaylin. 
and he uh, shared text messages that proved she coerced him into sex by going over his place and by not, you know, he said, oh, no, I'm going to bed. She's like, I'm in an Uber coming over. This is what happened. In the plight to share his story, he sort of has to throw Keelan under the bus. And that's the producer's fault. Let me, let me say this, though. I, I do. I do. I am sorry. Like, I am sorry that it ended, like, it all ended and it came to this. It came to, I, like, I am sorry. When I release, one of the reasons I also release, or, um, sorry, deleted the text messages was, like I said, I was having a complete breakdown. I was breathing into a paper bag. So he's breaking down because the show edits it to look a certain way when, in fact, the show manipulated the conversation. When they showed him angrily running off camera, he was really just going to use the bathroom. So he went on podcasts to defend himself, and, of course, he got sued in the process. But by defending himself, um, the greater Bachelor Nation ended up taking his side, understanding he was mischaracterized, and he was able to continue to build his career and become a very successful DJ. So you could argue that he's probably made tons of money in 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 post bachelor life now that's not to say that uh you know he got lucky let's put it that way he got lucky that he was able to monetize his influencer life post this scandal but it was heartbreaking he was called out by um rachel Lindsay, and i don't mean this really like in a dramatic way but she says why did you release the, the text messages here's his response I actually heard this too is that you were talking or considering about releasing these text messages from the moment you saw that episode air because it wasn't what you believed to be the truth mm -hmm. and you consulted with people you talked to people even even the people who were actually involved Caitlin yep. herself and Dean said you talked to him as well mm -hmm. so what made you ultimately say you know what against what everybody else is saying, because it seemed like everybody told you no, you said, yes, I'm going to release them. So everyone tells him don't do this because they understood how this nuclear bomb that he had. But I got to tell you, I think Blake made the right move in hindsight. And I think most people agree. He was being exposed as being something he didn't believe he could be. Now, we're not saying he's a Pulitzer Prize winner or Nobel Peace Prize winner, you know, whatever. He... You sure you want to call him an f boy? Call him whatever you want. He had super consensual sex with somebody, and it was characterized in a way that made him look like he was way worse of a guy than he would have been considered if we actually had all the information. And Bachelor says, "Oh, we're allowed to share that," and you can hear through his voice at the time how much this affected him. Yeah. So I think Kaylin used the word pre, or um, she used the word. She said med premeditated. Yeah, premeditated. So. Yeah, Kaylin, you know, she used the word premeditated and the premeditated, you know, is just a fancy way of saying, you know, I thought really hard about it because I did. I, it was such a hard decision for me. I, that night when I released those text messages, I really was, I was breathing into a paper bag. Like it was incredibly difficult for me. And a decision like that, you do reach out for advice and especially advice for people who have been in situations like me um, and in Bachelor Nation. And it what a lot of people... They didn't even really say, no, don't do it. They were like, if you do this, know what the consequences are, that kind of thing. Like that's, and I did reach out and some, you know, there were a few that were like, you have, like the thing she's saying, like you have to do it. Like the, I don't see any other choice. And so when people say, you know, why did you, you was premeditated or whatever, I, it was such a hard decision for me. I wanted to reach out and I wanted to talk to other people and I wanted 
to see if anybody else had any other ideas. I want to see if there was... And of course, there were no other ideas that he felt worth it because he ended up releasing Z-Text messages. Now, we don't have to blame Kalen here. I think we can focus our blame on the producers. In the end, they decided to edit and pu publish an episode that made Blake look horrible and made Kalen the victim here, and that wasn't the case. And Kalen should be just as upset as Blake is because he had to air their dirty laundry in order to vindicate himself. He is vindicated. Now, how this relates to the next topic I'm going to discuss, it's a little bit of a stretch, so you know, get your, uh, your gym trunks on and get ready to stretch here. Uh, but we have a huge issue with mental health in our society. We should be rewarding people like Blake Horstman who talk about their struggles. We should be rewarding people that don't settle for the edit and puts his life career uh his um you know all of those things on the line he had nothing at that point other than his image and who he was and we're not talking about holding up some image like you're perfect he just didn't want to be mischaracterized so we have this huge mental health problem bachelor producers say they provide contestants with you know uh a therapist or this or that but what is wrong with society that people feel so despair so much despair. And it's a bridge. We're going to walk out of the, we're going to walk across the bridge from the Blake Horseman, Horseman story and talk about, in trigger warning, we're going to talk about the shooting from Monday, a school shooting that happened. I'm going to share with you some uh, Instagram posts that some contestants have made. I've struggled about sharing this because I, I say, I don't want to talk about this. And I don't think you guys necessarily want to listen to this because it's not a fun conversation to have, but we have what I consider to be, and you can you can debate this all you want. I'm probably not going to read the comments. Um, protect my own mental space here because I kind of feel what I feel, and I've done a lot of thought. I've I've done a lot of thought and educating myself on this topic. But we have such a issue that is combined. It's it's a it's a tanglement between gun issues and mental health problems, and they coexist together, and it's created a, a real um, a, a real problem in our country that uh, the leading cause of death for children right now is gun violence, um, which again, gun violence is also mental health violence. No sane person wants to take another person's life. Um, I think we can all agree on that. Now that doesn't mean by calling it a mental health crisis, you, you also say there isn't a, uh, a gun crisis. There's also a crisis of the shrinking middle class. There's a crisis where CEOs make so much more money than uh, working class members of society. There's an issue with big pharmaceutical. There's an issue with NRA. There is an issue with lobbyists that donate money to politicians who don't care about us. We don't have to make that political whatsoever in the sense that it's not a left versus right issue. We should all be enraged because we've been divided and we continue to be divided and it uh, makes our country very, very weak. And we should not be upset with people that are discussing it. And yet it is a big thing for someone like Caitlin Bristow, who has a huge following, to take a stance. Now, she lives in Nashville. Evelyn, Haley, William, Cynthia, Catherine, Mike. Nine, 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 61, 60, 61. Three children and three adults. Murdered. Senselessly. She says, people with mental health issues have access to guns and not health care. My heart can't take it anymore. Rest in peace, beautiful souls. Yes, we don't have universal health care in our country. And we'll hear from people nonstop. And it, it seems like we almost close off our ability to listen to others when we have this topic uh, because we, be, we become political and it becomes us versus them. But um, we spend more for health care per person, per capita, than any other first world country. So much more. 
We also spend more on our defense uh, budget and all these other things. We spend all this money and yet we don't get all the benefits from it. We don't have universal health care. You know, I'm fortunate enough to make good money where I can spend five fifty a month on health insurance. That's what it costs me. I would much rather have all of our money pooled from taxes to develop a healthcare system that works for people. And we'll have lobbyists and people say, well, up in Canada, you can't even get your knee looked at within seven months. There are so many examples where we defend the fact that we have to work for companies in order to receive basic health insurance, which, you know, no company should use that as a negotiation tactic. We should all just have healthcare and we should live in a world where we have access to mental health professionals. And this is not some breaking news story for me. Greg Grippo posts, while I usually don't get into topics like this on social media, I can't help feel outraged for the families of Nashville. And it's so sad. And I appreciate Greg and everyone else for sharing things. It is so sad that we have to post GoFundMes when you break a leg going skiing because you can't afford the $100,000. It's so sad. We have to post GoFundMes for the families of victims when we're not covering them collectively with the, with the full buying power of the richest country in the world. So he posted, and it's, it's good for people to, to take a stance. All the other countries and what you have to do to, to get a gun. You can have a gun in Japan. Take a firearms class. Um, uh, describe in a police interview why you need a gun. Pass a review of your criminal history. Apply for a permit here. These are regulations that exist because... You know, and uh, 50 people were killed in a shooting in two mosques in New Zealand. It was horrible. And they passed a ban on semi-automatic weapons. And it's too simple to just respond in a comment and say, it's not a gun problem, it's a human problem. Guns don't kill people, humans do. It's a collective issue. And the way we're discussing it is completely, completely flawed. Uh, Victoria Fuller had discussed it. There she is. Can't believe this is happening 10 minutes from our house. Truly horrific. Been thinking about this since it happened. And we're happy that um, that people are sharing the GoFundMes. This is a good thing, but it's a complete band-aid on, on a huge, huge issue. So they keep raising the goal and they keep raising more money, but we're donating to these GoFundMes because we don't know what the fuck to do. We're donating because that's the quick and easy solution. We need to educate ourselves and vote in politicians that aren't taking money from lobbyists, pharmaceutical companies, the NRA. Why should somebody in the NRA get to pay money to influence an election? This issue isn't new. I'm not going to look at the, well, Trump should have signed this to protect that or Biden didn't. Do, I'm not going to look into all of that because it's so tangled. We need to look at solutions. But I am going to go back and look at Ronald Reagan, <laughs> his shameful legacy, violence, homeless, mental illness. He just didn't understand. I mean, he was literally shot by a schizophrenic person who was undiagnosed. So this issue has existed forever. It's just existing now at a greater volume. He was lit. There was literally an assassination attempt on him while he's deregulating all of the different types of infrastructure we had to protect people. So now everyone, and I live in LA, I see this. I walk over homeless with needles hanging out of their arms. We see the issue. Nobody wakes up one day and says, I want to become a heroin addict. People get stuck in this opioid crisis. If you haven't seen the show on Hulu about the opioid crisis, um, it, it, there's a fantastic, there's, there's some fantastic, um, a mini series out there. Uh, it's, it's incredible. I'm trying to think what it's called. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to post a link in the comment section. I'm drawing a blank. Um, 
but you have to get the, the, the full picture of the despair that exists. This isn't a, well, there's homeless people in California. Well, there's homeless people in New York. It's the Midwest is just being just, just, uh, we have like almost like a genocide happening where pharmaceutical companies are just able to spend a few extra bucks to pay off people because they have the insurance to cover products that are leading to death. This idea that opioids aren't addictive I mean, we look at people, you know, uh, cigarettes aren't addictive. We look at people in, in hindsight and we go, how dumb were we that we believed any of this? So now here we are fighting over the idea, the basic idea of universal health care. And you might say, Dave, how does this prevent a shooter? Well, you might still get one here, one there. Well, somebody stabbed someone in England, so I guess we shouldn't ban guns or anything. This, it, the argument needs to be not about banning guns. It needs to be about getting them into the hands of responsible people that don't have mental issues. That's what the conversation needs to be. And the way to further help our country and, our, and, and the humans that live here is to provide them with the tools to live a fulfilling life. Only people that are mentally ill and that have great despair are, are committing these, these, these psychotic episodes, right? So the middle class is shrinking, it used to be $100,000 was this benchmark for like for like wealth in, in society. Now it's 300000 If you're making less than a certain amount, you just live in a world where you don't see light at the end of the tunnel. So because of mental health issues, because of shrinking wages and, and you know, not keeping up with the, you know, all the, uh, all the, the, the simple, you know, every, you know, the majority, like we all know the stats, right? The majority of people can't afford a $400 payment. So you get into debt. You can't afford to go get healthcare done. You, you, you're, you're rotting your body in one way or another. You know, corporations are just serving a slop that doesn't make us feel fulfilled as far as food goes. And we're just, we're, we're the victims of a capitalistic culture that doesn't care care about us. It cares about the ruling class. It cares about the lobbyists, the politicians. How come our taxes pays for a politician's health insurance, but we don't pay for our own? These are the questions we have to ask, and it doesn't have to be a left versus right issue. And you might say, well, Medicare people on the left want Medicare for all, where people on the right don't. I understand that. Let's focus on the change we can make stateside, citywide, all of the small changes we can make and start looking into who's accepting money from big lobbies, from big insurance, from big pharma. See who's taking that money and run in the other direction for them. And let's elevate and find some people that are running for office that are going to give us what we want, which is protection, which is the ability to live a normal life, the, the, the pursuit of happiness, all these simple things that we want and these simple things that six people right here no longer have. And look, I get it, folks. It's a very somber way to end the podcast, but I have to reassure you that these are issues worth discussing and not in some sort of heightened way where we can't do Thanksgiving with our family because we're on different sides of a political issue. We need to find our common ground, and I think we'll find that through educating ourselves on what's actually going on out there. I'd love to know your thoughts. I'm an open book. You can DM me on Instagram at dneals, or if you disagree with me, you can just leave me a negative review. No one really want to have these conversations. I just get one star reviews, which I can't respond to. But if you leave me an Instagram message, I could at least respond. Um, all right, folks, let me know what you think. If you do want to leave a positive review, 
I do appreciate that. It helps the podcast out. You can share it with your friends, family, uh, like it, share it, review it, all that jazz. As always, not to be all metaphysical or too spiritual, but let's lead with love and positive energy. That's the strongest form of energy out there is positivity, love, and um, let's just put a little bit more of that into the universe today. God knows we need it. I've been Dave Neal. This is Bachelor Rush Hour.